WDRB investigation exposes these four Kentucky State Troopers accused of breaking the law. Jason Carpenter, Chad Piercy, Jonathan Sizemore, and Anthony Trotter. They were caught in illegal drug buys obtaining steroids, but never charged and never fired. And when we uncovered it, state police sued WDRB to keep it hidden. Kentucky State Police is not a private company. It's not a private business. Every dime they get comes from taxpayers, and so there is a higher level of accountability here. From the digital journalists of WDRP.com, this is Uncovered, a behind-the-scenes look at stories affecting education, business, criminal justice, and more in Louisville, Kentucky. And now for the show. This is Chris Otts of WDRB.com, and I would like to welcome back our anchor reporter, Gilbert Corsi. Glad to be here, Chris. So you had a significant investigation that we published last week. Four Kentucky State Police troopers were caught in an illegal steroids operation buying testosterone from doctors in Florida that they'd never met. Let's hear a little of your piece. So why did you think this was a legal way to obtain the controlled substance? Um, again, I, I agree it's shady. Looking back, do you see anything wrong? Obviously, it's, something's wrong with it because I'm here now. You are listening to internal affairs interviews done by Kentucky State Police and confessions I'm guilty as I'll get out from state troopers I know ignorance is no excuse I messed up who broke the law I wouldn't have done it had I known that it was illegal officers Jason Carpenter Anthony Trotter the story Jack focuses on how state police came to be aware of this and what they did or did not do about it but let's start at the beginning. As I understand, Gil, this story goes back several years. Tell us about how you initially got onto it and how it unfolded. You know, so Chris, uh, as I was putting this story together, it actually separated into two chapters, the act and then uh, the extent to which uh, state police went to cover it up. keep it hidden from the public. Um, you know, somebody may, who read the story or watched the story may, may say, if this happened in 2017, why are we just learning about it now? And that is, you know, the second part of this, because state police did everything they could to withhold this information from the public. So back in 2017, it started as a tip. Um, somebody in the uh, MMA community, in the combat sports community, said that they had heard that the state trooper who was also fighting MMA may have gotten his license uh, revoked or suspended, and you should look into why. That's what really started this story in 2017. That phone call with lacking information led to asking questions. And then we found out that Anthony Trotter was one of four troopers who were actually um, 
combine steroids uh, and HGH from doctors in Florida that uh, they hadn't seen in person, that they never actually met. And that's what violated both state and federal law, because in order to get that kind of drug, in order to get that kind of controlled substance, you have to have at least one face-to-face with the practicing physician. So how did state police become aware that their troopers were doing this? So the Food and Drug Administration, which has a criminal investigative end, had been tracking the, this doctor and pharmacy that were working together in Florida, um, sending prescriptions out of controlled substances, sending steroid prescriptions out all over the, all, to many different states, thousands of, thousands of different people in many different states. There are 300 folks in Kentucky alone. The uh, Food and Drug Administration tipped off state police. They said, hey, we're following this, uh, these prescriptions out of Florida, and you should know that some of your troopers are getting these um, steroids, uh, t- testosterone and HGH. And the FDA tells state police, shows them the law of why this is illegal. Um, because, again, if you haven't had a face-to-face with the prescribing physician, you can't get those type of drugs. Um, and FDA says, basically, we're focused on the physicians and the pharmacy. And we're going to leave what to do with your officers up to you guys. We're going to leave it to, to local authorities. State police decided... Um, with the declination of prosecution at the federal level, that they wouldn't present it to prosecutors at the state level. And they wouldn't terminate their officers, and they would just suspend them. Varying degrees of suspension, from 60 to 180 days. And some of them who got the 60 days got the 60 days, had 60 days probated. So it was kind of forgiven. Um, A slap on the wrist is, is what you're saying. You know, um... I just report the facts, Chris. That's for the public to determine if that's a slap on the wrist. Gilbert, the facts that you've just laid out for us come from internal state police investigations of their own troopers, but the agency fought tooth and nail not to release those records to you not to disclose this whole story publicly. So let's talk about the years-long battle to get this information from state police. Once I have that backbone of information and some sources to confirm that that backbone is actually true, I've had a conversation with the commissioner of state police that say, actually, that yes, this is happening. Then I start sending open records requests. My initial requests were denied. Um, 
if you work in the world of open records and chris you've done a lot of open records uh, requests if you get one word they are looking sometimes agencies if they don't want to release information are looking for the word that says oh well nope we don't have to release it because you said record instead of recording i mean it could be something that simple it can literally be a word that will have it kicked back to you So my initial request was kicked back to me. Then we uh, engaged our station attorneys who submitted a basically the same request and cleaned up the wording. It was denied again. Um, and then we uh, were asking for the investigative file. Um, now the difference was when our attorneys had applied, this investigation was over at that point in time. So it was closed. They had been handed their punishment and those records at that point in time, once the, the case has reached its conclusion should be made public. State police still said no. Um, well, what they said was, we'll give you the initial complaint, which is about a page, the accusation, um, and then the summation and the summation is one page. It says basically uh, substantiated or not substantiated. Uh, and there's a check in the box, all the administrative signatures on it and the names. Right. But there's no context. And if you watch the story, I said that's like releasing the front page and the back page of a book and expecting the reader to know the entire story. Well, in this instance, what was in between was 300 pages of documents and records, nearly three hours of recordings. And those recordings were big because I knew about them in 2017. These officers are on the record confessing that they broke the law. There's audio recordings of it. I was like, we need those records before this story comes forward. We need those recordings before the story comes forward. If you just take the the one sheet with the check marks that says... Um, check mark that says uh nothing i mean it tells you nothing it tells you nothing it tells you absolutely nothing it doesn't tell you that one of the guys was an mma fighter and admitted to his internal affairs investigator that he bought it hoping to use it before his next fight well now you just didn't get steroids illegally you violated the terms of your kentucky boxing and wrestling commission license because you can't use performance enhancing drugs and fight and be a licensed fighter in this state that wasn't in the, that wasn't in those two pages. That's the in the in between. You know what's also not in those two pages? That one of the officers, Chad Piercy, had a history of making bad decisions while he was employed by state police. He had a DUI on his record. There were documents that showed that he had been prescribed Suboxone, which is a drug known to fight opioid addiction. In his term, in one of the deputy commissioner recommended termination and pointed his poor decision making out. That's not in the first and last page. That's in the investigation. That's in the documents they wanted to withhold.
You don't get a sense of what happened with the first and last page, and KSP knows that. So WDRB appeals the denial of your request to get the complete KSP internal investigative documents, and we win. And instead of handing it over, KSP sues us and ties the case up in court for several years, but ultimately they would relent and give you those 300 pages of documents from their investigation. So how did that happen? The judge agreed in our favor. That's that's basically what changed. Um, there's also something else that changed. Tonight, voters in Kentucky sent a message loud and clear for everyone to hear. It's a message Andy Bashir, who was attorney general at the time, who had already... Uh, put out an order saying KSP violated open records laws, had then become the governor. So would the governor have his state police organization continue to fight this case after he said it had already violated open records laws? That didn't make a lot of sense. So in 2020, um, we won in court, but then also uh, Bashir became the governor and KSP didn't have a lot of legs to stand on. I mean, they could have appe- they could have appealed all the way up to the state Supreme Court. They stopped the appeal process um, after that loss because I believe because Bashir had become the governor. When you finally got all the records, uh, you have recordings in your story. Let's talk about those. What did you learn that you didn't know already, what are the key pieces of information from that trove? I kept really wanting to understand why would state police fight so hard to withhold four officers caught buying steroids? Why, why were they fighting so hard to hold on to this information from the public? Um, and it doesn't leap out at you. Like, I read these files, these case files, Many times. I listened to the interviews many times. Uh, One thing that I passed over um, upon first reading was that one of the troopers was on Governor Bevin's executive detail. So he's working nights at the governor's mansion, personal, you know, security for the governor and the first family. And that was uh, Jason Carpenter. And so then I thought, well, did the governor in any way influence this influence this decision. And I asked Sanders about that. He said, no, I asked if you watched the story, you saw that I had an interview with the deputy commissioner, Alex Payne, who was number two in state police, only behind Rick Sanders, the commissioner. And he also said no. But Alex Payne gave us some more insight, Chris. He gave us insight about why they were really fighting so hard. He says KSP wasn't fighting to withhold just this case. KSP didn't want any case, any internal affairs case out to get out through an open records request. Gilbert, this isn't about just this case. 
uh, KSP not wanting this particular case out. It's not that at all. KSP did not want any internal affairs case getting out, period. Because the thinking was that if one ever got out via open records request, then that would open the, the basically Pandora's box. And all of them would be liable to get out. What does that say to the public about transparency? Nothing good. And state police? Nothing good. He's basically saying we didn't want these police secrets to get out. The agency did not want any of these police secrets or officers who had engaged in misconduct, in this instance broken the law, uh, wrongdoing. They didn't want any of the wrongdoing within their own house to get out. And that is simply not acceptable for a public agency that is funded by taxpayers. You do not get to keep that information secret. That's not my opinion. That's the law. In the end of this, state police had to pay our legal fees, which was more than $10,000. They had to pay our legal fees for this case because the judge found, found that they willfully um, ignored open record laws, right? But we put up that money at the front. We yeah, put out they the had to the pay front. it. And In we, other words, we, we had to pay it as taxpayers. Right. <laughs> and so, right. But the average Joe citizen may not have the capacity to take on the second largest police organization in the state like that. And so what I rest easy knowing is hoping that there's new precedent here and that the average Joe citizen shouldn't have to fight KSP in court and go through all the hurdles that we did just to obtain public information from a public agency. Let's talk about what defenses uh, Rick Sanders, the former state police commissioner, has made. Here's the part of the interview where you asked Rick Sanders why these four troopers were not only not charged, but also allowed to keep their jobs after this investigation. People can be rehabilitated. And these troopers are a microcosm of our community. They're human beings and they make mistakes. And I, as the commissioner, had to decide, is that mistake worth taking a career away from a trooper that may have been a good trooper for a number of years and made a mistake. So if you didn't believe their excuse, but you know they had broken the law, why is there a place for any officer in Kentucky State Police that you believe may be dishonest? Yeah, you know, but these are tough decisions. When you're sitting in that chair, and I had to make a lot of decisions on disciplinary actions. I fired troopers, I gave harsh punishment to troopers, and, and I did what I thought was the right thing to do. Sanders would then go on to talk about this with radio host Terry Miners after a promo for your story aired on our station, but before the actual story was released. And right. a couple of takeaways from that are... Can we, can we just pause on that right there? Right. Yeah. So Rick Sanders didn't talk about this. For, you know, even before he did it, wound up sitting down with me in 2020. He said yes. Then he said no. And then when I informed him that Alex Payne, his deputy commissioner, had done an interview and what some of the things that Alex Payne said, that he then agreed, came around and said, well, you know, I'm a man of my word, which Sanders did not have to sit down with us. I, I, I give him credit for that. 
He didn't work for state police anymore. He he could have just, you know, closed the door and said nothing. But he truly believed in his convictions that what he was doing was right. And he wanted to explain um, those points. But going back to the miners interview, you're telling me that a person who had to be talk, uh, talked in to doing an interview, then two days before the story airs is going to go do six minutes on a radio show. That is, I just found that, um, I found that very interesting. I found that very interesting. He really objected to our framing of this as a cover-up, mm-hmm. that it was instead him acting on the advice of his attorneys about fighting the releasable nature of these records uh the fact that they didn't want to release them they thought that they had legal arguments and the process worked its way through the courts and the second thing that sanders said is that he didn't want to release the details of this internal investigation into state troopers own conduct because it would chill other investigations that witnesses won't come forward anymore if there are public records about what people say during investigations. So some perspective on both of those points. Commissioner Rick Sanders was the head of state police, period. Period. Right? So he's getting advice from his attorneys, but at the end of the day, his attorneys are beneath him on the on the totem pole. Um, also, Look at the part of the story that says the track record of state police who violated the Open Records Act more than any other agency in Kentucky, any other state agency in Kentucky between 2013 and 2018. This was a practice. This was a culture within the organization. Period. That's what the evidence says. That's what the that's what the facts say. So to to just uh, say that his belief is the first page and the last page fulfilled their, their legal ob- obligation. And that is transparent. But we now know because of what was in between the first and the last page, that's just simply not accurate. He had, he took great issue with us calling this a cover up. but I'm saying when you have denied an open records request, the attorney general is the highest ranking law enforcement officer in the state. The attorney general's office said, release these documents. You ignored the order of the attorney general. Then you lock it up in court and a judge disagrees with you. You uh, Because you wa- wanted to ignore the highest ranking law enforcement officer in the state, you wanted to ignore the attorney general's opinion, you then took it to court for two years, two years, trying to keep this information from the public. That's not a cover up. I don't know what is. And what about Sanders' argument that if you have to make the content of these internal investigations public, it will impede future investigations? And, you know, my response to that, will you see in the story, I ask about the integrity of the officer in question to begin with. Because if you can't tell, if you can't trust someone to tell the truth in an internal investigation, then why should we have officers who we do not believe are truthful on the force? That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. His response was, well, yeah, well, people in the public, you know, don't want their faces on the news and don't cooperate in investigations all the time. And I say, again, what's lost in this is that Kentucky State Police is not a private company. It's not a private business. Every dime they get comes from taxpayers. And so there is a higher level of accountability here. 
the average person on the street may be a struggle to uh, cooperate in the investigation. We, we have seen that. That's a fact. The difference is a police officer is not the average person on the street. They are paid with your tax dollars. And we should say these officers didn't respond to our request to comment. Right. What what happened? Uh, what, are they still on the KSP force? As of uh, Friday, the only one still on uh, state police force was Anthony Trotter. Chad Piercy, Jason Carpenter, Jonathan Sizemore had all resigned. Piercy, I want to I want to touch on real quick in that resignation because he had another violation. He had another. This is a guy who had a DUI was being prescribed Suboxone, which we know is to fight opioid addiction, caught by an illegal steroids, still not fired, still given a fourth chance. And he had another violation and he still was not fired. He resigned before he was fired. And when I was getting ready to point that out, because I exchanged emails with Rick Sanders about that, he 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 said, well, we were getting ready to fire him. And so he just fired before we he resigned before we got to it. Okay. Leave that one at where it is. Okay. He he still because when I went back to state police and asked the status of these or of these people, it didn't say that he resigned as the agency was getting ready to fire him. It went down in the books as he resigned. Why do we know that's an issue? Right? The uh, the state has has uh, passed new rules in the last couple of years addressing this exact problem. Officers will resign in the middle of an investigation so the investigation is not complete, and then they can go to another law enforcement agency. Now, as far as state records show, those three officers are not working for another law enforcement agency. But it's just another way that it kind of, it's not as transparent with the public as it should be. Finally, Gil, after all of this and with a new governor in charge, although I will say Andy Bashir brought back the same police commissioner that his father had. um, So I I don't think he's been ousted. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yes. um, Kudos to the student journalists at the manual red eye for uh, uncovering uh, some interesting material. Uh, with state police training material that quotes Hitler. Uh, There's a whole separate story on that that we won't delve into here. But my question for you, Gil, is after all of this, do you see any evidence that the culture of secrecy and of playing hardball on public records at Kentucky State Police will change? I guess we'll see, because in the reporting of this story and after we did this story, there have been many other tips that have come my way to look into. So we're, we're going to see what the, the culture of uh, uh, rep- responding to records requests looks like in KSP, because I'm going to be moving forward with, with several other stories. One thing that I have uh, learned that I wasn't really aware about and maybe some of the public weren't aware about before. And, you know, Alex Payne touched on it. It's that this steroid use is more common than the public knows among law enforcement. As Payne called it, it was a dirty little secret. And I got so many emails from officers themselves, and we're recording this 24 hours after the story aired. I got so many emails from officers themselves who said, thank you for doing this story. Um, uh, Emails from people who are like, oh, yeah, we got one in our department who got fired from another department for steroids. Well, he's still doing the same thing here. Just just uh, it. 
it really opened the door of that this is a bigger issue than the public knows. And, you know, steroids have certain side effects. So we're going to go start going down the road with but that's with, dangerous, right? I mean, there's what's called roid rage. Uh, behavior. And, there are many side effects, but yeah, behavioral side effects can be one. Right. So, um, and for if officers, that officer, that's a that's a big deal. It's not only the dishonesty sure. and law breaking, but uh, that their state of mind and behavioral issues could be. Sure. And so we're about to go down the road of to see how um, much KSP has changed because we're about to send some more records requests. So as they say, as they say, stay tuned. Gilbert, thanks very much for joining us. Glad to be here, man. The Uncovered Podcast is a production of WDRB Media. Please subscribe, review, and rate wherever you get your podcasts.